want to begin by saying happy Easter to all of you, wherever you are, near and far, whether you're worshiping with us from Illinois or Germany or even as far away as Candler. I say thank you for your presence with us, for joining with us and celebrating this high holy day along with the congregation of First Baptist Church of Asheville. This is the second year, the second year in a row where we have prepared this service for our congregation in advance, several days in advance, in fact. Um, to be sure, for those of us in the sanctuary, it is only Thursday. Once again, we're proclaiming he is risen even before he has died. The pandemic has had its way with all of us and left us all disoriented in one way or another. It scrambled our circadian rhythms. Just my own preaching rhythm has been turned upside down. Wednesdays now feel like Saturdays. Saturdays feel like Tuesdays. Uh, this Holy Week, I don't know which way is up. I feel like Apollonia Corleone in The Godfather when Michael tells her she needs to learn English and she says, I already know English. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday. And yet, isn't this an appropriate state of mind for this Easter morning? If we want to see a group of disciples even more disoriented than us, we have only to look at the women fleeing the tomb. They, they were organized on the way. I mean, they had their little checklist. Spices, uh, all the, the, the linen strips, everything that they needed, one oversight, who's going to roll away the stone from the tomb, we'll figure it out. They're on their way. They've got it together. They were otherwise on schedule, though it was going to be an incredibly sad task. If they could just get inside the tomb, the intense concentration demanded by their meticulous Jewish burial customs would ground them and carry them through that time, through the rest of the morning. If nothing else steadied them, they could lose themselves in the earthy, hypnotic work of massaging spices into the linen strips and wrapping them tightly around his cold body. But then they arrive. Time bends and buckles. Do not be alarmed. Space contracts and expands. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He's been raised. The ground falls out. The horizon spins. He is not here. The space-time continuum begins to unravel. Look, there's the place that they laid him. What time is it? What day is it? What year is it? Where is he? What is happening? What's happening to, to me? There's no time to process. Just run. Run! They run, their bodies quaking, fear constricting their throats, their hearts pounding into their chest, pressing against their rib cages. And two, they're possessed by what the scripture calls tromos, which, from which we get the word tremble. Sometimes it causes me to tremble. And ecstasis, from which we derive the word ecstasy. They're possessed with this mixture of trembling and ecstasy. Have you ever been cast out of your proper place? Suddenly 
thrust out of where you thought you would be or where you assumed you'd be. To be possessed with trembling and ecstasy is to be thrown out of our normal state of mind and into a bewildering blend of, of fear and wonderment. Time is relative. Space, undefined. Gravity devolves from proven law back into speculative hypothesis. Maybe the closest thing we can imagine to these women, to feeling like they do, is to recall that visceral feeling of falling in a dream. The terror of it, the inability to save yourself, then the breathtaking waking moment. This was the end, but you're alive. And when we place ourselves among the women fleeing the tomb, we're also standing with every person who's come away reeling from encounters that left them both terrified and amazed. I still remember Sid telling me the story. Korea, combat, chaos. He was carrying the radio. A crackling voice comes through. Get out! He immediately runs. And upon looking back seconds later, he sees the embankment that he'd been crouching behind turned into a crater, terrified, bewildered, never the same. Early morning, arriving at the scene, if he'd just been two feet to the right, he'd have missed the tree, she heard the first responder saying. Broken glass, broken body. Blue, red, purple lights, tie-dyeing the wet pavement. Which way is up? From where will my help come? Disorientation. Fear and trembling. We were married 65 years, the widower told me, over the phone. I could have sworn we had the funeral, but it feels like she's still here. And I'm adrift. At the same time, we were one flesh, but our ashes are on the mantle. I wonder if Mark's telling of the story is partly meant to teach us that Easter obliterates everything we thought we knew about life and death and even language itself. His gospel account ends with an incomplete sentence and no punctuation. I know they tacked on a couple of endings, but scholars agree they're, they're just sort of... That's not how Mark really wanted to end his gospel. The credits roll. The credits roll to sounds of crunching gravel and rushes of blood to the head. Turning and turning in the widening gyre, Yates said, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the sinner cannot hold. We could be excused for almost forgetting what it was the angel said. What was it he said? My head's spinning. What did he say? He said, He said, he goes before you into Galilee. He's not here. He's gone ahead of you. Look what God has done on Easter. Jesus has not only defeated death, but has gone on ahead of us. 
He's gone right back to the neighborhood of, of miracles, healings, parables, transfigurations, right back to raising people from the dead, welcoming little children, embracing outcasts, and turning an upside-down world upright again. And he's inviting us to come and join him there. When time bends and breaks, when gravity pulls us apart at a cellular level and we're expelled from all the things that once convinced us that we were upright, the only thing that remains constant is light. The one who said, I'm the light of the world. He's already gone ahead of us and he left a note on the counter to say, come and see. No time to explain. There, there's no time. There's no explanations outside this tomb. There's no, there's no moping around this tomb. The revolutionary reorientation has commenced. What are we waiting for? Run, go and tell everyone, get thee back to Galilee. Now, considering what we've been through this past year, this may be the best news of all. The sheer disorientation of the last 12 months. I wrote a check and dated it 2019 a few weeks ago. Disease and death, isolation and loneliness, tension and troubles, stressors upon stressors like layers of gravel, the pressure. Pressure. And then adding insult to injury. I don't know if you saw this this week, probably did. Gallup released a poll saying for the first time in their 80-year history of doing this poll, Americans' membership and houses of worship fell below 50%. 20% dropped since the turn of the century. Gallup, who are the lackeys in charge of your communications? We have enough to worry about, okay? We didn't need to hear this during Holy Week. Couldn't you have saved this for Monday morning? I've always loved the moment at the end of the film, The Shawshank Redemption, when Red gets out of prison and he goes to find this secret note. He walks up this rock wall up with this big grand oak tree and there's a secret note there that uh, Andy Dufresne has left him and, and Red rolls away these rocks and he finds this kind of obsidian just black stone. doesn't look like it belongs there. He polishes it off and he sees under, underneath there's a, a bit of dirt on top of a tin. He rubs away the dirt. He picks up the tin and inside there's a note with directions and a, a bit of cash. Andy, Andy's already gone ahead of him. Crossed the border into a new life where he's waiting for his friend. I wish we could all see this, see it this way this morning. I, I, on the cusp of freedom as, as we are. On the cusp of freedom from this long captivity, this Easter morning, we find a stone rolled away, an invitation just for us saying, don't be afraid. You're looking for the right person. But he's not here. He, he's risen and, he, and he's gone on ahead of you. Now go then. And you will see him there. Friends, Beloved, 
Where is there for us? Where is this Galilee where we may find and see Jesus? We may be disoriented now. We may be still in the throes of of fear and confusion. But Easter sends us back to Galilee. And here in Galilee, there is a man sleeping in the cold under the 240 overpass. No place to lay his head. And his name is Jesus. And he's waiting for us. Here in Galilee, there is a transgender teenager who senses that her parents recoil to look at her and whose friends tease her and don't understand her and she feels alone in the world and she doesn't know where to turn and her name is Jesus and she's waiting for us. Here in Galilee, there's a young family who's just moved here with piles of student loan debt and now a really difficult mortgage, and they really long for friendship and communion and a little village to help them raise their children. And and their name is Jesus, and they're waiting to meet us. There are friends here that you know by heart. You know their names, their stories, you know their pets' names, and their children's and grandchildren's names. And they are here waiting to meet you when it's time. And their name is Jesus. And they long to embrace you again. There are black brothers and sisters right across the street from our neighborhood where this 10-acre block holds the plant of our church. And their stories and histories are no less complex and impressive and inspiring than our own, and they've gone on ahead of us. And their name is Jesus, and they're waiting to meet us, too. Here in Galilee, Jesus waits for us. So it's a good thing that the angel tells us not to be afraid and gives us the directions. And perhaps now we could imagine ourselves with a lamp for as time bends and breaks and gravity makes sense no longer we may still search the ground around the tomb for there has been a lamp for our feet and a light into our path and on that path are footsteps imprinted in the dust On this Easter morning, can we find them?